Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week, for the final 2021 uh, episode, I am joined here by Dwayne. Yes, sir, and I have a guest all the way from Colorado who's riding on a high note because his team won yesterday, thrashed the team they played yesterday, Fields Brown. Hey, guys, how are you? Thanks for the entry. I'm, I'm sure the Arsenal appreciates it. <laughs> it's all good because the next time you're on the podcast, they'll probably lose. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Arsenal is the easiest team to to pick on. Yeah, they, they are easy. That's why I'm not getting too excited. I'm letting you get hype it up. I'm just well, listen, coming in. Last week, last week, Dwayne had a stat which I think you're going to appreciate. Uh, so Spurs became the first. Uh, team from England to be knocked out of the Champions League, Europa League, and Europa Conference League. That's uh, so Spursy. Yeah, there you go. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Fields Brown is on with us today. Um, and Fields is here because it's the last episode of the year, and we figured uh, why not get uh, get Fields Brown, who might be the guest with the most amount of, most amount of appearances without actually being on the podcast. Like without actually like live being in the podcast, I did not know that. Yeah, because we because we all we recorded all those, all those interviews when I was in Colorado, and it's we true. we play them throughout different episodes. So yeah, so you might be close. You and your boy Mike are the two like contenders for who's been on the podcast the most. I think at this point, um, but we'll call those like friendly appearances, right? It's like Danny Alves has played once for Barcelona, but it hasn't been official. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're the da- you're the Danny Alves of the podcast. I'll take that. I'll take Will that. you? Yeah, I'll take that. All right. I mean, as a former outside back, that might be. Yeah, it's not bad it's for true. you. It's true. There you go. I mean, Dwayne Dwayne's a big fan of outside backs. Yeah, uh, starting the full fullback academy coming 2022. Mostly because he believes that every kid that cannot score a goal should be an outside back. I think the outside back is the best position in the modern game. I tell kids that all the time. So, hey, look, the you, hey listen, I'm telling you, you play a four-two-three-one. You get some good attacking outside backs. It is the best position. Kids enjoy it. it gives you some stability. I love it. Every I'm trying to make every kid an outside back just because I know that there's only so many center midfielders and strikers. So might as well find a place. And plus, when you get old in the adult leagues, no one wants to play outside back. So you get a, you get to play all the time, which is always nice. There you go. We're we're starting. We're starting. We're already before we have our first kid in the fullback academy. We are starting the Colorado branch of the fullback academy. Hey, and we're just extending that that pathway, man. <laughs> Adult league. <laughs> um. All right. So um, so fields. Uh, we want to we want to know more a little more about how your year was. Uh, you now are working with the Colorado Rapids youth. Yep. Uh, which is really cool. Um, so tell us a, a little bit about how, what your role is and then b how your season went so far. Yeah. I uh, joined the Colorado Rapids youth soccer club in late August. Um, had an opportunity to take on a new role in a new position that created there. So a little bit about the Rapids. Um, it's a youth club. It has a tie into the, um, into the MLS club, but uh, the MLS Academy is its own separate entity. So you have the professional team, you have their four academy branches, and then we have a direct 
affiliation or linkage in with them. Um, it's not straight top bottom like you see with some MLS clubs. Um, it's similar to the Houston Dash uh, does with with their um, their youth setup and their um, academy setup. Um, the program that that I worked with or they just started this year is called the Elite Development Squad. The Elite Development Squad um, is basically um, I try to use it in this term and is is a, is the ODP uh, of the Colorado Rapids. Um, so. Basically, any player who's not in our boys or girls ECNL program has the opportunity. There's five branches. So give you a quick geography lesson of Colorado. Um, you have Fort Collins, which is the nor- northernmost city in the front range down I-25. So you have the Fort Collins branch. You have a North Denver branch. Uh, you have a central branch, which is kind of the original Rapids Youth Soccer Club. Um, and then you have the south branch. And then you have Castle Rock, which is about um, maybe 15 miles south of, of the metro area. So those five branches, um, any player who is not a part of our ECNL program or in the previous years was on an ECNL team uh, and has been dropped, um, that program is a catch-all to kind of create players 19 through 36 uh, in our development process. Um, so once a week, they come together uh, and train after um, after they've been recommended from their regional technical directors and their regional directors of coaching. Um, players come in on an invite. We do a couple tryouts. They make the team. We make a pool. Um, that pool trains once a week in a central location. And then um, once a season, we take the group uh, and kind of select from the pool the you know, 16 for 16 to 18, maybe 12 to 14 for the nine sides, and we go play in an event. Um, so this past year, uh, we went to Kansas City with our 11 to 14 boys and girls to an event there. Um, and then our older girls went to Dallas for a college showcase uh, this past uh, well, like three weeks ago. It feels like a month ago or longer. Uh, and then our boys just got done with their selection. Uh, and they'll be doing an event uh, in Phoenix in, in March. So it's a great idea to keep our players playing in their local branch um, so kids aren't having to drive all over the, you know, up and down the front range of, of Colorado. But um, it also provides something more for them. Um, the, the teams that they train on are supposed to train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So our top teams don't train on Mondays. Um, so that mirrors our ECNL program. Our ECNL program on Mondays has their strength and conditioning speed um, program running. So yeah, it's it's um, it's brand new. It's it's um, it's been a, a ton of fun to come in. Um, in addition to that role, I, I take our 2007 and our 2009 boys ECNL teams. So hey, kind of a, a scrimmage. Yeah, come on out, man. Come on out. We got we got some open dates. Dwayne so. Dwayne Dwayne coaches those two exact age groups, so he's looking for <laughs> looking looking for some winter matches. You know, I would yeah, Dwayne. My recommendation would be for for you not to do that. No, nah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we are pre PRCL, so we're <laughs> we're tier, we're we're with that Finland team tier six. <laughs> FC Santa Claus. FC uh, Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's great. And I think, and I, and I, and I, obviously you and I've talked about it, about this program before. Um, and what I really like is, is the, the idea that again, a big club can still find a way to, um, kind of promote from within and, and have that ability for players to, to move through different levels, but at the same time, have that local field, local tie to their, to their region as well. Um, and I also think you can really see the development there, right? You can develop the players and they can move up and they can all stay in your, within your club. And if for some odd reason, um, 
a player at the ECNL level uh, leaves, drops, whatever happens, or maybe they they get moved up to the to the academy team or something like that. Yep. Then you have you know the player, the pool of players that where they come from. And I thought I think that's a really cool environment. Yeah, it's 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 challenge in certain areas, like because we have a tie with MLS clubs, they have a program um, that they run directly through their affiliates and kind of their way of um, bridging the gap in the community. So basically they have a program called Futures Academy, uh, which is 11s, 12s, and 13s boys. And that basically is their way of starting to identify players um, in the area. Most of the time they're from our youth club um, because of the relationship at that age before they start to kind of have players who do the same. Like yeah, at the U14, if you can play for MLS next team, um, you, you know, you start to see kids kind of leaving wherever that might be in the state of Colorado to, to come and play. But it's a way they start to kind of do it. So it's, a, it's interesting because we have to navigate a couple of, um, you know, existing um, relationships and partnerships to, to find it. But um, for example, like uh, when we when we went to Kansas, the, the team that won the event um, was our 2011 boys. And a lot of those kids are in that Futures Academy. Um, they only train once a month. So uh, the, the 12s and the 13s train uh, every every week like us. So a lot of times those kids are not a part of our program, um, but will be as they move further on and if they don't make the MLS next academy group. So, yeah, no, it's a great way. Um, for our older ages, it's a way that we provide kind of like a, a catch net for players that maybe um, are phased out of the ECNL program. It still provides them a chance to, to be there. Um, it's been really successful, I think, in giving a couple of players. I obviously wouldn't say their name here, but it's been good yep. to for those players to, to have an environment that still supports them and still provides a level of play. Um, but I, I do think the one interesting part of Rapids is that they're not a club that looks to go out and um, – recruit a ton of new players each year. I think they really firmly, but well, if you have 11,000 kids, you probably have some players somewhere in your club, <laughs> but, um, but they, they do a good job of, um, you know, again, you said promoting, developing, uh, and actually our technical director, his philosophy behind developing this was uh, a phrase called um, time and space to grow. And basically that kind of, especially for our younger ages is a way to, we are, we are identifying players. They may not be at the top level at this moment, uh, but we know as a mature relative age effect, all those things come into effect, then you start to see those players phase into our play. So, well, and at the same time, even at the college, at the college showcase age groups, it provides an environment for players to still play with their team that they may have been, maybe have played with for a long time and yeah. locally. Um, so not to not lose that aspect of it, which is important. But at the same time, if you have a player or two players that, maybe have the aspiration of playing college soccer where the rest of the team maybe doesn't um, you still provide that opportunity to now showcase themselves at a higher level in front of other coaches and things like that, which I think is also extremely important, which is, which is kind of the, that fine balance at the high school age, age groups that you're looking for. Um, sure. And you still provide those opportunities, but still keep the social aspect, which is important as well. Um, so no, really, really cool stuff. Um, especially as you get older, those, those older teams, if you aren't on an ECL team, as you know, like anywhere in the country, as kids get into high school, that 14, you 14, you 15, you 16 age players stop playing. Right. So like your player pool dwindles down or, you know, the, the top tier level of players starts to become really hard to find. So what, what we've noticed is we feel like, especially like our oldest girls age group or oldest boys age group, the 08s, um, there's some really talented 
individual branches of rapids um, that have some really good back and forth matches in, in our top flight here in, in Colorado, but they really enjoy the opportunity to come to play together. Right. So it's like, Oh yeah, we know, we know Dwayne plays, you know, here and Sebastian plays here, but when we play together, that gives us kind of a, a really talent, talented group. So um, it's been cool to see those. Uh, we, we've had some really good testimonials from players and families and coaches just kind of saying, you know, now when we play each other in, 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 you know, state league play, and we see each other, we develop these relationships as friends and off the field, which the club has a mentality of a, a one club mentality, even though we got five branches. And so I think it goes a long ways to, to doing a lot of things indirectly that help boost a, a large soccer club in, in a very positive, um, you know, holistic approach to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So how has your ECNL season gone so far? I know your 2007 boys haven't f- – like you haven't fully started with them full yet, or you started maybe a little bit, uh, yeah. coming off their high school season. Uh, but you had, you know, the half the year so far with the 2009 boys. So how's that, how's that been? How's that transition into the ECNL world? Yeah. So kind of similarly to what we were saying before with what the program's done is our approach from our boys director, um, Jeb Broski has been that we are not putting our 08 or 09 boys in our CSA league play. Um, part of that was to allow our select branches or our local branches, you know, um, an opportunity to potentially that, that gives them that platform to play at um, where we're not competing within our own club with our top level. Um, and a lot of clubs are starting to do that as well. Like our GA clubs, the girls and some of the other boys, ECNL clubs are starting to pull themselves out of league play um, because they don't participate in state cup because they don't, um, you know, it's a different platform, right? So I think that's uh, something that others are starting to do, but Jeb's been really big on. So this whole year for the 09 boys has been setting up a lot of friendlies. Um, so we've played year older teams. We've played our, like, our, we have a great little back and forth with our 08 girls ECNL team. We've gotten that game in a couple of times, which a 14 year old girl and a U13 boys probably like that's about the last time you can play. I think those ages, I think yeah. then, then once the boys grow and kind of catch up with the girls, it becomes, but it's been a great match for us this year. Um, got a couple of friendlies with, with some friends up in Boulder with an 08 boys group. So just trying to find matches that are usually year older um, or, you know, a challenge. Um, we've played a couple of uh, tournaments we played in the um, preseason tournament in Fort Collins and, and to supplement some games. And then we played in, um copa alianza which is a nationwide uh event um and then we played in the uh in houston um and over thanksgiving with with both groups actually our 08 07 and 09 uh boys went to houston for the copa Riados, which was a, a fantastic event um and really good experience so um we've had a different approach to what normal seasons kind of look like with league play. Um, but I think it's been positive, but what we've done and what we've stressed in the right, in the right amount of games, the right timing of games, we put together a weekend instead of all of the teams going to an ECNL event in early October, we just coordinated everybody coming and, and playing kind of four 50 minute friendlies, um, you know, two 25 minute halves and, Everybody got four matches in over two days, which is great for the kids. And had referees, and but no, you know, no stress or no yep. real. Um, but yeah, no, the 09 group. It's always fun coaching U13s, as I'm sure you guys are aware. Um, it's an introduction to 11 aside. Um, I know a lot of people are still kind of going back to the the mindset of let's start 11 aside a little earlier. Um, 
I'm, I'm going further away from that thought. I think we should almost take U13 and how do we make a 11 aside appropriate field or how do we create a bit bigger 9v9 field? I, I think the 11v11 game at that age is really, really interesting. Um, I, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know the kids um, as people and they're, they're a ton of fun. Um, and they're, you know, again, they're young, young men are starting to become young men. There's still some days at like they're 12, some days they have like they're, little older (laughs) Um, absolutely uh we've been we've got a phrase that we say and we say it in the right way and we use in different connotations at times but um you know you play like your age or don't play like your age um so i think sometimes you know when we have a day that kids make 12 year old decisions we said oh you played like a 12 year old today (laughs) um but uh you know some days some days we say oh you played you know you, you didn't play your age which is a, is a positive thing as far as um their decisions and stuff um they're they're a really fun group um it's very that's interesting that you said that because like that, that's the exact like spitting image of my team as well like all my kids except for one are in seventh grade or like okay. seventh grade age and i have one kid in sixth grade and some days they're all like the sixth grader they're like little 12 year olds just buzzing around acting like fools Yep. And then, like, I mean, Sebastian's seen it. Or he gets yeah. reports from his dad. Sometimes they play like they're 14, 15-year-old, and they have sense, and they can actually go out and play on an 11 v. 11 field. So it's funny how that translates at that age. I, I will say my dad does enjoy roughing the games that, of, of that team. <clears throat> he does enjoy that. He, he does enjoy watching that team play. It's, uh-huh. it's a it's a really rewarding age um i've really i think you can make a huge impact uh, and again like uh, sebastian you know this but like i spent a lot of time working with on the girls side and um i think a lot of girls coaches you know and it's just if it's someone feels that way it, it, i don't think it's anything wrong with it like they feel like ah oh, it's hard coaching boys or i enjoy coaching girls in the last five years i think i've really enjoyed coaching guys a lot more um and i think it's because i think a lot of times you think oh you know we'll just treat them this way because they're guys. It's like, no, I think you need to treat kids like kids and and treat them regardless of their gender or their age, treat them in ways that are developing them. And so I've really kind of enjoyed it as I think it's, there's times I've been really stern and and, and treating them like really talented U13 boys. And there's times where I've had to realize that they're having a 12 year old boy day. It doesn't matter how good of a player they are. They need to, you know, they have some support. They need to have people asking questions and, and put their arm around them and help guide them and help them learn and, and develop as people as well as players. So um, it's a great group. Uh, we, we've, we've gotten, we've gotten now after maybe 20 matches, whether those be shortened or regular length matches, we've gotten a chance. Um, we put our first two ECNL matches this past uh, weekend um, against two sides from Utah. Um, and we've got a chance to kind of figure out where players play and have some flexibility. I've almost got everybody in, kind of two positions where they you know they feel comfortable where and depending on the day um you know we we float someone in a different spot we know we're going to need a little bit more pace in a certain area we might make an adjustment if we need we need to control play a little bit better we move a player or two around um we've been playing a four one three two which is a, a formation that uh jeb is is kind of got three formations that he wants the, the teams to feel comfortable in um, this has been the one that they really enjoy just because I think uh, it suits the personalities and uh, yeah, um, great, great bit of fun. Uh, great bit of fun. But uh, 07 just started. They came in early November. Uh, same same opportunity. They got two matches in last weekend um, against two Utah sides. And um, yeah, both of them are playing really well. Play 
some really good soccer um, and, and compete. Um, and the level the level of play is, is quality. And I think the the, the players and the expectations, um, Jeb's done a fantastic job of laying that out for the players. And they know what it means to be a part of an ECL program and, and what that means and what it looks like. So, is your four one three two a diamond? I was just gonna ask. I was just gonna ask how the how the three were laid out. <laughs> uh, I play a line of three, uh, but what we found is depending on who's playing in the in that you know a ten role. I think I actually call it an eight because I still try to keep the number system. So I play a a nine and ten up top as the numbers I use, and then I use the eight as what would be the top of that diamond, and then a seven and eleven still staying as outside just in case you know, num- consistency for the kids um, is gotten into it, Dwayne. We, I don't stress it because I think it's too much for 12 year olds, but um, it's interesting. I, I've got some, uh, we got our video back, um, scored a great little goal uh, to, to win three, two uh, last weekend. And, and it, we got a player into that, that kind of a diamond shape and that kind of spread the two forwards a bit and got in a little pocket and, and slide at home a nice little goal. But um, yeah, no, I, I I, the hard part for me is as much as I enjoy playing that, I can't get kids, I can't teach it as well as I'd like to. I feel like it's almost got to be, it, it almost becomes innate in the players of what they want to do, right? Like, I think that diamond, you have to understand how your strikers are moving or the interchange between them. Um, you got to get, you got to get those outside players in that line of that diamond to get into half spaces and in, in between lines. Um, it, but it's funny because I think, also, by not stressing it, it naturally comes out, especially not, I think, just because the players start to look around and figure it out. But more like I said, it's, it's who's playing in what positions and what they bring out. One, you know, we got a group that – or a player in the group that, like, really likes to drift out wide from that outside line. And so it naturally kind of creates a bit more space for for players. So it's it's fun. I, I haven't nailed it down yet. I don't – Although I really enjoy it, it's still not something that I, I feel like um, I got a hundred percent comfort in, in teaching. Um, I'm still learning as we're kind of going through it, but they seem to like it. And we don't really have any creative wide players, so I think the two striker system um, and the outside backs, of course, as we talked about already starting the show, bring bring out the uh, bring out the width, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, I think I think part of it is. Um... I think it it then it and this could probably be a conversation for a different day, but which which we could have though, um, which would be the idea of so is it is it the style of play that you have as a club or as a team, or is it the system of play that you have that so because you can have a formation right and ultimately the players move around and they naturally drift in these different positions, um, or is it are they stuck in this system of play and because of that then your your style of play is able to function right like so we can have that yep. argument or that that conversation of like going back and forth but i think it's interesting that that you bring up that you know you start out um with the with the 1 3 and the 2 and then maybe depending on the situation it drifts into some sort of a diamond or your 9 and your 10 are your two forwards so then that way maybe the player that is your 10 maybe at times drops off it to create like to create a gap between him and the nine and things like that. So I think there's a lot that that can, I think it sparks a lot of different conversations within that, which sure. also I think does bring up a, an interesting point, which is, uh, and I, and I owe a lot of credit to field for the, for this part, because if it wasn't for him, I would have never, 
now we're gone, but Duane and I are going to be at the podcast show. This is the ad selling uh, moment of the podcast, by the way, Fields. Uh, nice. So get ready for my, my different- mail proceed 10% commission this direction. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so this is, this is where the, my voice changes. Uh, so we are excited to be part of the podcast row at the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City this January. Uh, the convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches and those who work in the game. Rekindle your passion through presentations, on-the-field demonstrations, exhibits, events, and, and events for coaches at every level. Whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole club uh, as a coaching staff, there's no better place to learn, network, and experience all the aspects of the game. If you registered today, and as a listener of this podcast, use the promo code POD22, POD22 at checkout, and you can save 80 bucks, $80 on your registration. Also, which is kind of cool, registration also includes all the recorded sessions, so you won't miss a thing if you can't make one of the sessions. Visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org today to register and use the promo code POD22 at checkout to save. We can't wait to be reunited with all of you in Kansas City. And then you might be able to answer the question of like, is it the system of play or is it the style of play? Because uh, there's definitely going to be sessions about that at the convention. Um, but a lot of credit. Personally, personally, I think it's style. I think it's style. You can do any. You can do anything within how you want to play, right? So I think that that and, it, and I think it changes on the day, right? Like and like yeah. I said, change. You talk about like I said it before. If I play a certain kid as that as that top of that diamond they might naturally come drift down and find the ball. So now it looks like you're playing with two sixes or you're playing with a, a building, a building eight, um, you know, one forward like a kid. It's only right for it. So he finds himself slowly drifting like the magnet in the corner flag, pulling them out wide on the right. So then obviously that creates some different shapes, but no, I think the style is, is what stays there. And I think um, we have a, a three back system. We play as well. And I, I haven't gotten into it with, with either one of my teams yet. Um, but our 08s play it sometimes and it's fascinating to watch because it doesn't change. It doesn't change anything of what they want to do. It's just a matter of what they want to expose and how they want to manipulate the opponent and what areas they want to highlight. And, you know, it's, so I think it's, it's style to me uh, more than system. Although oh, I've been sure. a huge system guy. So, well, well, I think that's, I think that's, that, that's the, that's the, that's kind of like the debate, right? Uh, as an Argentinian coach that used to say that, um, he goes, I get it right before the start of every game. I put all 11 players exactly where they need to be. Problem is the whistle blows and they move. Um, so ultimately, <laughs> that's what it comes down to, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. No. Like yeah. it does it, on the whiteboard. It looks fantastic, right? It's, it looks fantastic. And but then players move, right? The other team moves and things like that. So um, I think I'm, Fields hinted at it, like especially with that U13 age, like where they're still, like you said, like 12 year olds. It's like you need a bigger 99 field. When we play in these huge turf fields, it becomes like on these high school regulation turf fields, it becomes difficult to kind of keep that formation and those players connected because you have that player that just in a wide space, he may be like 20, 30 yards away from his center mids and not be as connected. And I mean, your kids are at a higher level than my kids, but if you have a kid that can't hit that ball, like it becomes difficult to stay connected. Certainly. Certainly. Well, and I think too, I think too, it allows you, um, you know, again, um, I don't know what the conditions of, you know, size. We have some ob- obscene, like just difficult conditions out here at times with wind and and you know rain slash snow, cold. Like it makes, especially at younger ages, sometimes if you have the wind in your face and you have a giant field, like you're you're pinned in, like <laughs> you're pinned in, and you can't get out. And it's like that's where I think 
you know, uh, I've seen before like a, a lighter, a lighter size five soccer ball. So like a ball that's got a little bit easier for kids to strike and can, it doesn't travel, you know, further. It just allows them, you know, str- leg strength and those things. But I definitely think that there needs to be some discussion around that because it's, we all want to get to 11 aside because it's a ton of fun to coach and it's the game. Like it's what we see on TV. It's what kids want to replicate. And it's what us as coaches feel probably the most comfortable in. But I do think that it'd be worth a debate for another year, a nine aside in my perspective, just because maybe it's a bigger field. Maybe it's a, you stretch it and you add some width or you find it's something small, in there. It's a small 11. Well, I think, 11 well, I think yeah. that's the, I think that's the hard part, right? So I think, even at 99, right? So if you take the smallest 99 configuration that you can have, which I think is 65 by 55 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, or 75 by 55, something like that. And you put 18, uh, 11 and 12-year-old or 12-year-old girls or 12-year-old boys in it. And it might you might not see it as much with the boys at that age because they're still having fully hit that growth. So remember, you do see it with the girls where their field becomes very, very small. Like it's just, it's, it's almost impossible to move around. But at the same time, in that U13 transition, the game does become a little bit easier when you show up and you're playing in the 100 by 65 field. But then in the same tournament, you go to the next turf field and you're playing in the 120 by 65 field. Or you're then then playing in the, on Sunday, now you're playing in the 120 by 75 field. And then the, you just all of a sudden just played in three different games altogether because they're not, they're not even close. I think the, the the one that's the toughest one to kind of deal with is the 120 by 65 field configuration, right? Where you got the full football field lengthwise, but the width is just so small that it's barely 65 yards wide. And then you're just, you're just struggling because then it just becomes... The difference between playing three, like you're playing a three in the back system to having to move to like a five in the back system, just to be able to have kids to cover that amount of ground. Because if your kids aren't, they haven't hit that growth spurt, like speaking of boys specifically, you might have to play five because you just can't cover, like they physically can't get to the ball. Yeah. True. Yeah. So it's, it's, it definitely goes back and forth, but I do, I do agree with Fields that there is definitely the argument to, to say, do you keep it at 99? Um, for for another year or do you just make the field a little bit bigger for 99 soccer and then just you know that that maybe helps a little bit maybe now you go 18 18 kind of thing yeah um and then you're playing you're playing 65 to 55 to 65 yards wide by you know 85 90 yards or something like that i think there's the question is do you keep the 11 v 11 goals not if you're not if according to the new manchester united coach (laughs) you got to make the goals bigger anyway right according to the new manchester united coach um, he said that the average human being is now taller than they were when soccer was invented. So um, the goal should be bigger to make up for that difference, which is why goals are not as easy to come by. Unless you're, unless you're leads and then you, the goals are just, you know, you just get scored on every week. <laughs> Uh, uh he, he should come work for the MLS. Wasn't there somebody saying like that reminds me of early MLS conversations where basically talking about how we can create more goals to make it more exciting. Like that's part of the game, folks. Like that's yeah. I mean, people were scoring tons of goals a long time ago too, when people were shorter, and now they're still scoring tons of goals. So I don't know, unless we're trying to it's a bad change. topic for the MLS. They have better goalkeepers than they have goal scorers. Definitely true. And we struggle to score goals in MLS anyway. There you so. go. 
Well, that actually is a fantastic transition into our game. So we're going to we're going to close out the year with a game. Uh, so Fields and uh, Dwayne are going to uh, face off in a game that I created. Well, I don't know if I created it. I just came up with the idea of it. I'm sure somebody else has come up with it. But the winner is going to win uh, Dear Coach by Sarah Edner, who has been on our podcast before. Uh, so this is cool. an auto, a signed copy of the book. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's, signed, it's a signed copy. So the winner is going to get uh, Dear Coach, what I wish I could have told you, uh, letters from athletes to coaches, which is actually a really cool book. Uh, so here's how the game is going to work. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, so we are going to take the 2021 MLS rosters, right? And uh, we'll start off with a simple question. Uh, how many teams are there in the MLS? This isn't for any points. Just just a, like a small. This year? Team. Yeah, this year, 2021. 28. 27. 29. 27. There you go. I was going to say it's an odd number. It's, it's an odd number. Yeah, 20, 27. 14 in the uh, Eastern Conference, 13 in the Western Conference. We so, get to this upcoming year there, right? Well, Charlotte, Nashville moves St. to Louis. the West. Yeah. St. Louis and comes Charlotte in. comes in on the East, right? I think. I think you're right. When does Sacramento come? The following year? 2023, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Charlotte just had their draft. Yeah. So no Philadelphia Union player left. Um, there was actually, I don't know if you looked at that list. There were some interesting names that were unprotected. Yeah. It was There's a lot. Some of interesting, like you could, you could build something there. But could've take, Somebody could have taken Corey Burke, Dwayne. <laughs> I wouldn't take Corey Burke if I was a USL. I wouldn't take Corey Burke if we had a UWS, a UMS team at Delaware <laughs> Union. She's going to build a tree. Dwayne's not a big fan of Corey Burke. Uh, Corey Burke's going to f- listen to this podcast and come after you. I was going to say. I, that's fine. Out. He can come after me. I'm just keeping it real with him. <laughs> Dwayne will dress up as a goal. He won't catch him. <laughs> listen, I'd save all of Corey Burke's shots. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's how the game is going to work. <clears throat> so we have 27 teams. Um, We are going to have a little bit of a friendly wager. Uh, to see, can you name at least one player on every single MLS team? Uh, it's easy. Ooh. And if you can, if you can, if you both are confident enough that you can name a player on every single team, then the name, then the, then the wager gets moved up to, can you name two players? And then we'll go two back and players. forth and see if you can name two players on every single MLS team from the 2021 season. Oh man, yeah, this, like is two, why, two. this is why this is why I couldn't either get so Dwayne has known that we were gonna play a game for the last like three or four weeks, but I couldn't tell him anything about it because the moment I say it, then I give I give it away. There's a couple teams, man, that's just like oof. Oh, I know. I'm gonna go ahead and say I cannot do it as you far can't as do every two team. or you can't do one. I can't do one from every team. There's yeah, three teams, there's three teams off the top of my head. I'm I'm like, nah. All right. Well, we're gonna go with one. We're gonna go with one and we'll see how far we can make it. Okay. All right, we're going to go with one. I'm going to grab a paper and pen. So we have to name separate players, right? Yeah, you cannot name the same player because then that would be weird. All right, so... um, Are we doing a coin toss to see who goes first? Well, no, Fields Fields got the number of teams right, so we're going to use that as a... Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) So, Fields, Fields, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, I'll go second. Ooh. Ooh, okay. All right. 
So we're gonna go. We're gonna. We're gonna go. We're gonna switch back and forth. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, Eastern Conference. So we're gonna start with Eastern Conference. There's more teams there. All right, Dwayne, you have to find. You get to. You get to pick the team first in the Eastern Conference, and you have to name a player. And then Fields has to try to name a player on that same team. All right, we'll, we'll start with Philly. That'll be. The, let's knock that one out. Got it. And uh, I guess Corey Burke has already been said, but we'll go with. Uh, I'll even yield. I'll even name a player that's not known. Jacob Glesnes from the Philadelphia Union. And he scored a goal. He's pretty pretty scored a pretty important goal. That was a heck of a goal. That was a very good goal. Uh, I'm gonna go Andre Blake just because I know that's the only one I can get there. So there you go. Look, look, even even gave him the the. All right, uh, Dwayne, you gotta you get or sorry, Fields, you get to go to the Western Conference and pick a team there. So ultimately, Dwayne, you'll pick all the Eastern Conference teams and. Fields, you'll pick all the which actually, 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 actually works out well. Yeah, uh, works out. Um, uh, I'm gonna just go keep it with the local team. I'll go with the Rapids. Um, I'm gonna go with my man Kellen Acosta. There you go. Well, that might have been Dwayne's. That would have been Dwayne's. Oh, no, I got one. I got one. Uh, I believe he just scored the goal for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, can't think of his first name. His last name is Bassett. Cole Bassett. Yep. Cole Bassett. Yeah. Perfect. All right. All right. At some point, I'm going to start checking these two because I don't know everybody. <laughs> I, these so far, I know. All right, uh, Dwayne, we are back in the Eastern Conference. Cool. Go down to uh, let's go to NYCFC. Um, I have a feeling I know who you're going to go with. Sean Johnson. Oh, no. Okay. Now, is that who you're going for? Perfect. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, I, that's not who I expected you would have gone with. Uh, just because he's hot this year, I know Castellanos. That's uh, yeah. I was gonna. Dwayne's giving me a soft one there. I mean, Dwayne. I thought Dwayne was gonna pick Castellanos because that's a, that's like he's been talking about him. All right, uh, Fields. We're back in the Western Conference. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Real, and okay. I'm gonna go with a retiring Kyle Beckerman. <laughs> a retiring Kyle Beckerman. <clears throat> All right. You got to name somebody on the Real Salt Lake. Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood. That's That's true. true. Hey, there you go. Um, I didn't realize Kyle Beckerman didn't retire yet. Well, he apparently did this year. So he's probably putting, probably putting, he came back for something. I saw some big thing about it. Oh, wait. Do we need to check? Do we need to check that? I think we need to check that one. I might be wrong. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. We're going to check. We're going to check. Market analytics department is on it. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You definitely retired oh. from the men's national team. <laughs> definitely retired from the men's national team. Oh, Fields. He was not in oh, the man. on the roster. What was the whole thing for him this year for? No, he was, he was the head coach of Utah Valley University. Oh. What? Yep. He's got another full time job. Out. Get, geez. All right. Well, my apologies there. I mean, it, that's okay. That's I okay. For some for some reason they put him on. They, they did something for him this year. I can't remember. Oh, Beckerman Day. They did yeah. Kyle Beckerman. They got the they get they gave out the Kyle Beckerman bobblehead. <laughs> no, they just gave out. You know how they have those like Jamaican wigs. Everybody gave out dreads. <laughs> there you go. No, his last his last game, his last official match was uh October twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Played it friendly okay. this year. Give it to him. <laughs> All 
That's okay. It's okay. You're only you're only down by one. If Dwayne misses at, at any given point, um, yeah, I'm definitely missing one on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah it's all right. So you're okay. We're still right. time. Uh, yeah, we're so all right. So you're you're up by, by one here, Dwayne. Uh, all right, Dwayne. Uh, we're back to. Oh no, yeah, you named Bobby Wood. All right, so yeah, Dwayne, we're back to you. Uh, New England Revolution. Uh, Tejon Buchanan. Yeah. All right. You know, you know he's a, you know he's a Colorado guy, by the way. Tejon. Yeah. He's Canadian Canada. descent, but no, nah, I think he's, I think he's got Canadian ties as far as his uh, playing for the national team. But he's played for Real gotcha. Colorado. Look at that. Uh, Gil, another guy, won the MVP this year. Is that his name? Uh, what's his name? Gil Romero? Is that his name? No, is that? No. Uh, no. Carlos Gil? Carlos Gil? Carlos Gil, right? Didn't, Carlos he, win Gil? didn't he win it this year? That's his last uh, name? Yeah, Carlos Gil. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Tejan Buchanan uh, played for Sigma FC in Canada. Um, New England Revolution, Bruges and Revolution. Um, no, he played for Real Colorado as a kid, like a youth club. He did. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Like yeah, Bruce 20, Bruce? 20, 2014. Yeah, he was on loan, but he didn't really play. Uh, 2014, IMG. He played in the IMG Cup. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Perfect. Um, Carlos Gill. Yeah. Plays for uh, the... There you go. Yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, Fields, you're up. I'm going to go to Seattle. I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Ladero. Oh, former Boca Juniors player. Uh, Christian Roldan. Nice. Well done. All right. Okay. Uh, Dwayne. Uh, we'll go down to enter Miami. <laughs> uh, Blaze Matweedy. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, not an extra point, but trivia question. Former Inter Milan or Inter Miami coach is now the head coach of what national team? Argentina. <laughs> Please. We yeah, only but... take coach. We only take coaches that have never coached before. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, no, Uruguay. Uruguay. He is now taking over uh, the Uruguay national team. The neighbors. Yeah. Um, all right. Almost uh, say neighbors in Espanol. Vecinos. Vecinos. There you go. El Vecinos. Uh, uh, Fields. Uh, former Arsenal man, Kieran Gibbs. There you go. Left back. All right. Dwayne. Not Fields. Oh, Fields. Yeah, sorry. Back and forth. Sorry. Aiden's down here, so I'm muting in between. No, you're um, right. you can join the party. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Portland. I'm gonna go Diego Chara. Nice, not Yumi. Oh, sorry, I just gave one. I'll give one. Not his brother. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he got hurt in the uh, in the playoffs. Blanco. Yeah, but he came back. Oh no, he, he got didn't. hurt first. No, he got hurt first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another Argentinian player. Good. I like it. It should be a tally of how many Argentinian players we can name in the MLS. Um. Uh, Dwayne, you're up. All right, we're gonna come back. All right, well, I guess we have to go back to the East Coast anyway. Um, Atlanta United. Uh, I'm gonna go with Brad Guzan. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> Making his way back in the national team. Barco, Barco. Uh, 
Yeah, he's a beast. Is he also Argentinian? He is also Argentinian. I wish he would have been better. I wish he would have. He would have. Yeah, would have kept up the level he had before. But uh, all right, Fields, you're up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Austin. Austin FC here. Um, although he did not make any appearances this year, I know someone that was signed. Mr. Aaron Schoenfeld is on all. Right, FC. Aaron Schoenfeld. Yeah, yeah. Try to find. Try to pull that one off the roster list, Dwayne. <laughs> Dude, Austin uh, fun, FC. Fun, fun fact, fun fact, Mr. Aaron Schoenfeld gave Fields and I a ride back from the convention from the airport one year. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Austin FC was one of the teams I was worried about. Um, I honestly can't name anybody off Austin FC. Nobody? I honestly cannot think of a single player from Austin FC. Hmm. All right. So uh, I'm happy to- I that'll mean that, that'll be that'll that'll be even it out. I, honestly, I, I'm gonna, was... I mean I'm gonna name I'm gonna name Sebastian Drusi, uh, who came in from Zenit, uh, Argentinian player, former nice. player. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was uh, one of the West I'll Coast still names. I'll still name somebody there. Um, but yeah, perfect. Um, all right, uh, Dwayne, we're back to you. Nashville is in the Eastern Conference currently, correct? In, I, in 2021, National. In 2021. Yes. All right. Walker Zimmerman. There you go. Who came back to the national team, right? Yes. Yep. Teal Burnberry. All right. Former Revolution. Whoa. Yep. Isn't he on the Revolution? Uh, I thought he was on there. Maybe he got traded recently. I saw something. I, 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 I want to say he played in that Union Revs match. Uh, say it again in fields. Phil Burnberry. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where did he play? No, Nashville. Oh, no, 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 no. Nashville, he got traded to go to Nashville for 2022. Okay, I saw something on the Twitter about that recently, but uh, what's uh, I'll go with the other guy, uh, the the guy that was in the top uh, 11. Mukhtar, Mukhtar. I don't know how to say his name, but yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Bruce Arena, Bruce Arena, working that allocation money. <laughs> all right, we're we're almost halfway done here. Um, all right, uh, Fields, we're back to you. Okay, um, I'm going to ask Dwayne what team he wants to go with. This is a preference of teams. He said he was struggling a little bit. I'm hoping for some good, some good favor later on, if if possible. <laughs> uh, I would definitely take San Jose for a thousand dollars. San Jose. All right, you want to go with San Jose? Um, technically, I'm I'm not going to take the most popular San Jose guy because I think that might be who you're going to go with. I'm not going to pin that one on you. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that has been there for a while that I know. That not many people know, but Shea Salinas, who used to play for Furman University. Shea Salinas. All right. I'm actually not going with the the hype man there. I'm gonna go with Jeremy Abobasi. Oh, that is that is a big that is a he Dwayne is a big fan of Jeremy Bobasi. Got traded mid-year from Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple Argentinian players also on San Jose, also coached by an Argentinian. Uh, I got all the Argentinian facts. If anybody ever wants them, like, <laughs> this guy's on the Argentinians abroad. 
<laughs> the extra broad Argentinians are proud. We have a we have a specific channel in Argentina that's just for Argentinians not playing in Argentina. Uh-oh. It's just games all over the world. <laughs> it's just Argentinians all over the world. Yeah, I, it's actually I'm starting my own separate podcast on Argentinian players in, in the MLS. In the MLS, yeah. There you go. Uh, we do a weekly check in on with everybody. Um, all right, Dwayne, we're back to you. All right, um, Fields. I guess I'll give it to you. Go ahead, throw out a team you're comfortable with. Let's go with Montreal. Montreal. Mm. Let's see. Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. I'm not sure if he's still there. Good old club de foot. I'm not sure if he's still there. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh, my gosh. He used to play for Barcelona. It's my guy. Oh, uh, I'm going to give you a hint. Don't go with him. He's not there anymore, is he? No. Uh, I, I I don't know if he played this year, but uh, I don't I don't. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He was a wonder oh. kid. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think he played in 2021. So I would say if my, you two, my two guys from Montreal are out. So do you, do you got another one or no? Uh, another player? I, actually, I know one. I know you think, one. You're going to take, take the L on, in, in Montreal? I might be taking the L in Montreal. Ooh, this might get field to the edge of no, You'll catch up with me. There's a lot of teams I don't know anything about. Jackson Yule so. does not play for Montreal. No, Jackson Yule actually plays for um, San Jose. San Jose. I was just I think he plays for a blue team. Yeah, I might take the L on Montreal. All right. All right. Just I just know Victor Wanyama. That's my only guy. Oh, in there. that's a good one. Um, Bakari Sagna used to be there, but no longer there. Did he hear Drugba? <laughs> Drago was there. I saw Drago score a nasty goal in Colorado against. There you go. Nasty goal. Um, all right. So Fields Fields gets it on that one. And then also, by the way, uh Dwayne, who you were looking for is Boyan Kirkich. Um Bohan, yeah. Yeah, who now plays for Vissel Kobe, uh, which is a team in the Japanese professional league. Oh, uh, he took the pay, he took the payday. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's just that's where he's at. Uh, actually, he's on. He's on the same team with Iniesta. That's that's a team that Iniesta plays for. <laughs> so, fun fact: uh, trying to get back to Barcelona somehow. Hey, listen, you call Xavi for me. Yeah, listen. If <laughs> in a world where Danny Alves goes back to Barcelona, Kirkic might might go back to Barcelona as well. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, we are back to Fields. Uh, I'm gonna go Minnesota. I'm gonna go with Robin Lud or Lode. However you want to say L-O-D. Uh, nice. Yeah. All right. They, some, they lost some players. They had some players the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, if you look, if you look through uh, the, like the rosters, like some of the rosters are not as big as they were before. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. Doing. Got a target on their chest. Um, man, that's a tough one too. I have a I have like a forward from like Jamaica or something from a hot country. Not the past one, Minnesota. From a hot country. Yeah, they got a forward. We talked about him before on the podcast. I mean, they got they got an Argentinian player. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm about to pass on Minnesota. <laughs> Get the pass on Minnesota as well. 
uh see minnesota you can you got you got some different options uh so minnesota you can go reynoso uh who played uh from argentina uh you got Juanchope avila also uh from from argentina um yeah uh okay all right so you're gonna you're gonna take the l on that one as well take yeah. the l on that one. Ooh boy all right uh, Don't worry. I think I know no more Eastern Conference teams, so I think you're in a good spot there. <laughs> All right, we're we're back to uh, uh, Dwayne. Uh, I'm gonna go to FC Cincinnati. I'm gonna go with Joe Jow. Yeah, you talked about it before. Okay, former Dort, former Dortmund man. Yeah, FC Cincinnati, um, last place team in the entire MLS. Oh, I don't gosh. think Joe Jow played too many minutes. No, I feel like I knew someone at one point there. Uh, I don't think they're there anymore. Is uh, Forrest Lasso? Is he still there? Probably not. This is like their first year. I don't think he's there. I'm going to strike out on that one. I don't think he's there. Uh, no, he's not. Okay. Yep. But he did. He was there. <laughs> uh, 2018, 2019. Yep. Yeah. That might have been before they went to the MLS, to be honest, yeah, or right in the first year. Okay. Yeah, it was, I just yeah. knew that. Okay. Taking it all there. All right. So he's currently, if you were if you're trying to figure out where Forrest Lasso was, he is in the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think we're back to being tied. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, uh Fields, you're up. We're running out of teams. So we're we're getting close. To uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Dallas. I'm gonna go with my boy Ricardo Pepe, PP, as I call him. <laughs> I Jesus Ferreira, Pepe, nice, nice. Uh, all right, Dwayne. All right, uh, I'm gonna go to Columbus Crew. Wait, hold on. Did you say? Did you say an FC Dallas player? Yeah, Jesus Ace Ferreira. It. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going where? Uh, I'm gonna go to Columbus Crew. Columbus Crew, okay. Jossie's artist. Yep. Nice. Nice. That's a that's a that's a solid grab there. Yeah. Uh, is I have not watched. I watched a lot of crew. Kept up with a lot of crew stuff before with many years ago. I want to say he's back. Is Nagby back? I, is this something I read? I wanted to get Darlington Nagby. Darlington yeah, is he Nagby. back? Uh, Darlington Nagby is in the Columbus Crew. There you go. I first, I, for some reason, again, here I am reading all these people coming back to retire or whatever they're doing. But uh, I thought I saw Darlington Nagby is back. You got to get that MLS pension. That's right. That's right. All right. Good for him. I love that guy. I always associate him with the crew. When he went away to Atlanta, although he won some stuff there, I still thought as a crew player. So, uh, Also another Argentinian player plays there, Lucas Celaria. Nice. Nice. I thought you were going to say Darlington Nabby was <laughs> no, 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 definitely right. not. All right, uh, uh, I'm going to go LAFC cool. and uh, Brian Rodriguez. All right. Um, man, scored a lot of goals. Uh, wait, no, is Chicharito still there? No, double. I don't think so. We're talking about Los Angeles Football Club. Yeah, Bob Bradley. Bob yeah. Bradley in there either. Bradley <laughs> not in there either. But oh, man. Um, who do you want to go with? I'm going to give you another shot at, at that. Dude, they, had a, they had a goal scorer there. Um, 
Former Arsenal guy was there. Arsenal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what happened? Come to on, the- he's like he's the main man. He's the main man. What happened to the? What happened to the? Uh, while we're Mexican. Wait, wait, is Jamal Blackman at LAFC? Former uh, Chelsea guy. Uh, I got just read that a couple days ago. Jamal Blackman, goalkeeper. Uh, let's see if you are correct. Yes. Whew. Nice job. Nice I just game. read that a couple of days ago. I think he's on his way out. Yeah. Uh, but Fields, while we're at it, uh, trivia question for you. Well, maybe you might know because I don't have the answer for it. Uh, whatever happened to the, the Panamanian Dominican player that used to play at Arsenal? He's m- Joel? Yeah. Campbell? Yeah, Joel Campbell. Yeah. He went to Spain. I want to say he went to Villarreal. Oh, okay. All right. He was Costa, Arsenal Rican. Guy, Costa Rican. Costa Rican. Actually, no, he's actually plays for um, he's at Monterrey now. He's in Mexico. Nice. Oh, that's a beautiful stadium, is it? Yeah, he's been he's been in Mexico for the last three years or two years. Wow. Look at that. All right. Um, Carlos Vela is in as at LA. That's, ah, that's, that's what I was yeah, going for. That's what I was going for. Scorer. I was hoping you're going to go for him. Carlos Vela is at LAFC. Yeah, instead I just pulled Jamal Blackman and people are like, hold on. Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Dwayne. <laughs> so here's here's right. who's left in the Eastern Conference that we have not covered yet: Toronto, Chicago, um, DC United, Red Bulls, Orlando, and I don't think we've done Atlanta yet. Yeah, we did, did Atlanta. Oh, we did, we did Atlanta. Atlanta. So Orlando, New York, DC, Chicago, Toronto. How, all right, so let's do this. How about this? How about you? If you can name, I, I'm going to name nobody on those teams. I might get an Orlando, but maybe I think he just retired as the famous one. I know nobody. <laughs> Let's lay, how about this? Let's have the real challenge. Who's left on each side? And if we can name five players, or if there's four teams, four players from e- from the remaining of those teams, not, not from each team, but this total in general. All right. I know nobody. I know nobody in those squads. Nobody. All right, so man, those are the squads I was leaving the back pocket. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne's so, locked on those. Okay, okay, Dwayne's got it. Same, but I'm assuming the same thing on the Western Conference for Fields. Uh, yeah, what do you no, have left on the West? I got Vancouver. So Western Western Conference. We have. Uh, do we go to Seattle? Yeah, we went to Seattle. We went to Seattle. We've done Kansas City, Houston, we Galaxy. Haven't, we haven't done Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, Galaxy, um, Houston. And which one was it? Was it on? Uh, that was it, right? Can't, can't, yeah, it just says LA Kansas Galaxy, City. Houston, yep. Kansas City, and Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think right now we're still tied. So, so we got what four and four left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, throughout the team, Sebastian. All right. Okay. All right. So let's see. Uh, let's go Orlando City and New York Red Bulls and DC United. We'll go those three. Can you name three players between those three teams? All right. DC United, Bill Hamid. Nice. Okay. New York Red Bulls, Aaron Long. 
And I'm gonna take the I'm gonna steal in the Orlando because I don't know anybody down there. Nani. Nice. He rumor, just retired though, right? No, rumor to be going. No, rumor to be going to Brazil. No? Okay. Yeah, rumor. But he's still be, there. He was there in 21. We'll give he him was there in 21. Yeah, he was absolutely but there. He scored a couple goals. Yeah, he played in the MLS's back tournament too. True. Damn. True. Uh all right, Fields. Can you name three players between those three teams? <sighs> no. I can name zero players from those. Let me on DC. Is Breck Shea still at Orlando? Uh, I think he's at Atlanta. He right, might. he is. He is. I think yeah, he, he, he was there. That's that's who I was thinking too. But uh, no, uh, what's the Inter Miami? I know one player. I know one player. That's right, Andrew. And the one player, Orlando, and that's uh, and he's on loan over in England. DK or D- Daryl, what the guy's been playing the national, yeah. DK, am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah Daryl, yeah, that's my only guy I know. All right, but I think t- I, that technically, I don't even know if he's on the team. He's on loan. No, he came back, they didn't buy okay. him, but he played, okay. played in 21. Okay, all right, point, point to Dwayne. All right, I did not know this. Point, point to Dwayne on that one. All right. I now have a reason to watch Eastern Conference games because now I got I'm gonna I'm gonna have a second team. I'm gonna be a classic American soccer fan. I'm gonna pull for Charlotte on the eastern side of things now that they got coming in. Hometown. You have to, right? You're North Carolina. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, be- got to. I'll keep up with them. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna pull for them. I'm still happy. <laughs> you're not gonna buy the jersey and the nah, you're, not gonna, be, you're nah. not gonna be on the fan club. <laughs> no, nah, not doing season that. tickets. Listen, nah. Fields and I are screaming Eagles fans. We're we're official sure. screaming Eagles uh uh, supporters, right? Um, so, I mean, I feel like I feel like there's a couple that you could have pulled um, easily from from DC United. That would have been a uh, couple former slash current um, national team players. Paul Ariola. Oh yeah, he was hurt. He's been hurt. Andy Nahar. When's the last time you've heard Andy Nahar? It's been a while, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think those, those two just kind of stand out. All right. So let's, let's wrap up the, let's wrap up the game with the Western conference. So, um, obviously we're, we're going to leave out Chicago, um, because I don't think anybody knows anybody from Chicago. Brant Bronico, Chicago, Brant Bronico. All right. Well, you might, you might win the game here. All right. So He's let's in see. North Carolina. He's a North Carolina kid. All right. So one of my roommates in college played club soccer with him. That's Reason why I know he's on Chicago. All right, so between, might not even be there anymore. <laughs> between Vancouver, the Galaxy, and the Houston Dynamo, can we name three players? So Fields, you'll start off with this one. Three um, those three. Villafana at LA. Mm-hmm. You can name two uh, LA players too. At this point, you just got to name three players between the three teams. Uh, Villafana. Gosh, I, I used to know some some Houston players. I mean, like Beasley, but he's definitely no longer there. I don't think. Um, I I'll be honest. I don't even know those players. I don't. I, I got nothing there. I'm striking out there too. I got one player. I got one player. <laughs> Dwayne, that's on. I'm gonna take a guess and hope these guys are not retired. Uh, Corey Ash for Houston. Uh, he might be retired by now. Um. The other, only other person I can name is Brian Ching. I know he's definitely retired. Uh, Corey Ash has been retired since 2016, my friend. Oh, man. 
<laughs> oh, man, the Galaxy. Um, Chicharito play for the Galaxy? Chicharito does play for the Galaxy. Jonathan Dos Santos or Giovanni Dos Santos? Jonathan. Giovanni left. Giovanni's in uh, back in uh, Mexico. Jonathan Dos Santos? Jonathan is still there, yeah. Vancouver. I think Vancouver might be the toughest one out of all of them in general across the 27 teams in the MLS. Yeah, because none of the Canadian players play for any Canadian teams. Yeah. Like none of their forward, other forwards play for good teams. Uh, There's an Argentinian playing in Vancouver, though. Oh, well, there's an Argentinian <laughs> probably on every MLS team. There might be. Yeah, there might be. I think the point the point goes to Dwayne. Dwayne's going to be the winner today. I, he knows more. Dwayne's going to be the winner? Well, so I, from from Los Angeles Galaxy, the one that I'm disappointed that's about, that Dwayne did not pick out was Sebastian Legette. Ooh. Considering he got traded. doesn't matter. He still played in the 2021 season. You played. We weren't talking about current players. We are talking about players that played. Yeah. Um, Disappointing because I thought the entire game was going to be based around the fact that uh, Sebastian Legette was was still once again named in the last year of the podcast just because you know he was on every MLS squad or every every national team squad this year. Uh, he's the forgotten man, even though he's not the forgotten man in the national team. In the national team, he does absolutely everything. He's yeah, not Bruce guy. Arena. Yeah, Bruce Arena said, "I'm going to I'm going to make you into the player you're supposed to be." <laughs> All right. So before we finish out. Uh, all right, so uh, so Dwayne, you win, you win a copy of the book. Cool, there you it was go. on the bookshelf. Congrats, Dwayne. Yeah, it was a great game, Fields. We are going to be much back better with, than me. We're going to be back with this game at some point. So this is ultimately just a test to make sure you know players across the entire the entire world. So in every league now, you you don't know what the next time you come on, it might be we might go we might go Serie A and see how many um, players absolutely, you can absolutely. Yeah, you got all twenty teams. Got yeah, Frank Ribery on Sienza. <laughs> I'm gonna lose um, that one too. I thought I thought the next one. I thought the next one. I think the next one could be the Premier League one. John Luca. I think I think Fields might have you beat in the Premier League one. Yeah, I mean I got Crystal Palace down pat. Yeah, yeah. But, well, but this isn't the Crystal Palace roster name game. <laughs> uh, we should do is uh, name a player. Like, see if we can name like a starting eleven of players on loan from Chelsea, <laughs> because they have players literally loaned all across the globe. They do. It's true. All right. So, um, uh, player of the match. Um, my player of the match this week will go to um, uh, uh, the Italian police and Gianni Infantino. Uh, the Italian police for catching now Inter Milan in their entire stuff that they got going on, and Gianni Infantino for continuing to try to pull this to every, World Cup every two years, which will never happen. Uh, so that's my player of the match. Um, be, Dwayne, before you before you uh, give out your player of the match, uh, Fields, we want to say thanks for coming on. I know you have to run. Thanks for, well, thanks for having me, man. Dwayne, that was a ton of fun. I'm going to just pay a lot more attention. Uh, you guys do a great job, and I'm excited to see what you guys get out of the experience in Kansas City. Um, hopefully, uh, after the month of January, when you get back, I'd love to jump back on again. Um, I'll have my hands twice as full with another child <laughs> coming. But uh, everyone have a great holiday. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks uh, it's been a pleasure, Fields. 
All right, guys. All right, Dwayne. Uh, your player of the match. My player of the match is actually going to be the fool of the week. Jules Kunde from Sevilla for his red card performance yesterday or last week uh, against Barcelona. Yeah, that's all that. What a, what a fool. Um, so if you didn't watch the Barcelona-Sevilla game, uh, Jules was battling for possession for a throw-in, picks the ball up. Jordi Alba. Chucks it at, pucks, chucks it at Jordi Alba's head. Picks up a red card. You know, Sevilla and Barcelona are 1-1 at this point, and you go down a man. Luckily, Sevilla was still able to grind out the point. but Luckily, it was still against Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. This dummy of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Full of the week. His first red card in his, in his uh, career. Well, great way to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a good one. Um, all right. On this day in history. Um, so, December 31st, not a lot happens in December 31st uh when it comes to the soccer world um in general but uh there is a birthday and we're gonna we're gonna give out a, a you know the, on this day in is soccer a birthday history. from someone in argentina <laughs> no not in argentina there although that could have been that could have been it um uh december 31st 1941 sir alex ferguson was born oh, man and if you don't know who sir alex ferguson is put in a google search you were listening to the wrong podcast actually no this is this isn't a sir alex ferguson podcast but but alex ferguson uh was born uh, on this day december 31st 1941 so happy birthday to sir alex ferguson um all right fair play of the week uh my fair play of the week goes out to all the listeners uh because ultimately without your support without you listening without you subscribing to the podcast we would not be here um so it's been it's been an absolute uh, pleasure and honor to have been on the podcast for this entire and entirety. This is our first full complete like January to December, fifty two weeks. We've done the, the we've done an episode for all fifty two weeks. Uh, while ultimately we've done an episode for seventy nine weeks in a row. Um, but uh, so w- it's really exciting. Um, twenty twenty two. Hopefully, we're gonna do some different things. And we might as well announce it now. Uh, we have a new Instagram account for the podcast. Um, so if you are starting 2022, we are going to be hopefully adding more social media content on our new The Soccer Podcast Instagram. So it's at DE Soccer Podcast. Um, the Soccer Podcast at DE Soccer Podcast. So please, if you can, uh, give us a follow on Instagram there. Um, and then subscribe to the podcast everywhere you're listening. We'd really appreciate it. It's going to help us be able to grow the podcast and be able to send, hopefully find some more interviews and do some different things uh, throughout the entire year. But uh, super excited. So thanks so much for the listeners. It's been ultimately an absolute blast to, to be on the, the podcast for 52 weeks. So uh, your fair play of the week. I'm going to have to dinner that because we're just appreciative to the listeners and uh, especially all of our guests being able to pick their brains, get different insights, different interviews, just a lot to you know help us grow as people, help the listeners grow as players, coaches, fans of the games, referees, all that kind of stuff. I think it's uh, very insightful for everyone to be able to just get all these different points of views. So yeah, just thankful for all the listeners and guests uh, from 2021. And yeah. looking forward to 2022. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been an absolute um, blast to be to be doing this. 
Um, so again, once again, for one last time in 2021, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.